Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. I'm Joey. And today we are getting into how to improve your recovery for better BJJ part one. It's a broad topic, guys. There's a lot to drill down into. So today we thought we would focus on what you do when you come to BJJ. So your, your, your preparation, like how are you putting yourself on the path to recovery success? Yeah, and I guess the, the recovery thing is like a, it's a day-long battle. So there's things that, that we're going to talk about over this series. Um, in the morning, there's things that we're doing when we're at work. There's things that we're doing with our nutrition. But today, because we're in trying to make it sort of simple and digestible, we're going to focus just on what we're doing at the academy. Yes. Um, first thing that stands out for me, and I see a lot of people uh, in the gym, it's, it's usually when you're about halfway through the rolls, um, everyone's running to get a drink. And you see people running to the sink, sucking water out of the tap. <laughs> and it tells me instantly that those people showed up to training without a bottle of water. Yeah, this lack of preparation is negligible, like negligent, negligible. Um, it's very impactful, I should say, in the sense that, guys, what you probably don't appreciate is that dehydration uh, can reduce your performance up to 40%. So I actually see it after warm-up. I mean, if it kills you, if you die from dehydration, yeah. that's a 100% That's a 100%. decrease. <laughs> You're losing every roll. <laughs> yes, that's right. You've tapped out to lack of water. It's a water tap. But uh, actually, I see it after warm-up. I'll be teaching and I'll see students running to get a drink after warm-up. I'm like, guys, we've just moved our bodies around. What are you doing? And I mean, think this. Athletes will take steroids to enhance their performance 10%. You're coming to class dehydrated. You could improve your performance 30 to 40% just by drinking enough water and having enough presence of mind to actually have a drink bottle. Yeah, and I think that the, uh, the, the thing that's important about, like it's a, it's, it's, it's a small thing to drill in on, right? But for the person who turns up and doesn't bring a bottle of water to training, that's generally the person that you can assume they're not taking themselves very seriously in the context of, the training that they do. Um, they're not treating themselves like an athlete. And we're not saying that every jiu-jitsu practitioner is an athlete, but I think that every jiu-jitsu practitioner can benefit from seeing themselves as an athlete. If you, and what does an athlete do? An athlete is prepared. An athlete thinks about what it is that they're going to do at training that night. They think about what do I need in order to support my training? And putting a fucking bottle of water in your bag is like step one. Yes. Right? I, I agree 100%. And actually, I take that a step further. I have a hydration routine. And I actually got this from a tennis coach back in the day. Um, and they are very, very serious about hydration because tennis players sweat a lot. I don't know if you guys ever- they play for hours, right? Yeah, hours. And it, there's no time limit. It could go for three or four hours, five hours sometimes. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever remember, shout out Pat Rafter, uh, living it up in Byron Bay now. I saw him up there in Byron Bay. Very nice. He looks like a 100% beach bum, but credit to him. He sweated so much. He, he played for like four and a half hours and then had to couldn't continue because they had to replace his sneakers three times uh, because of sweat. Holy shit. It's intense. Um, but basically, guys, I will hydrate a litre and a half 
before training. And at least 750 mils of that contains some electrolytes. So I actually retain that water. So when I start sweating, I haven't lost it all all of a sudden. And I'm very conscious of that because I am a sweaty guy. So how do you, uh, like you're obviously drinking water all throughout the day. Yes, correct. But you, have a, a, you focus on getting specifically one and a half liters in. At what time frame before jiu-jitsu do you start drinking that one and a half liter? 90, meter, uh, 90 minutes. So it's about half a liter every half an hour. Okay. And the- Do you piss a lot before like uh, there, jumps on the mat? There is an element of that, definitely. But having uh, a electrolyte supplement in there, salt, potassium, like sodium, potassium, magnesium- helps you retain that water so you get less of that running to the toilet effect okay and you're using hydrolyte i'm using hydrolyte you can use whatever you want you know there's a lot of supplements out there i mean element is strong it's a new it's a new one that's come out but it's it's pretty salty uh for all you salty dogs but it's expensive it doesn't you don't need to pay that much money for it yeah i did i checked um i i use hydrolyte occasionally as well i really like it and they'll also uh, sometimes use Gatorade powder when you buy the, yeah. the container and it's much cheaper that way. You buy it from the supermarket and you just mix it like a scoop to a liter, something like that. Um, or maybe it's a scoop to half a liter. Anyways, um, the, the, the minerals that are in there, the electrolytes are actually pretty much the same as hydrolyte. Mm. I noticed, but it does have sugar. Yes. You know, it has, it doesn't have a huge amount, but it does have a little bit in there. So if you're aware of that, go with the hydrolyte if you don't want the sugars. Yep. If you're trying to cut, you try and get that lean body uh, minus the sugars. I mean, I also eat some carbohydrates in that time as well. So for all of you out there, you know, you might be having your banana or some people, they like to have a sandwich or whatever it is. Having a small amount of simple carbohydrates 90 minutes out, you'll get it digested. You'll move it through to the next stage. So you haven't got food in your stomach when you're training, which is uh, not a good vibe when you're rolling okay so that's like and this is like this is stuff that you're doing to set your your, set yourself up for a good training session that is what's then i think culturally or more so mindset for yourself you're then putting yourself in a good position to do the right things after training as well right correct yep so let's say we've got the hydration piece down you got a bottle of water you got some electrolytes you're like yep i'm set i'm good you get to training and you've got 10 minutes before class starts yes what are we doing in that 10 minutes me personally, I always bring a lacrosse ball with me or a spiky roller depending on how I'm feeling. Lacrosse ball, just you can't hide. So you, and I will spend at least two to three minutes. I know where I'm tight. So it'll be my left shoulder, my right hip. Like I know my spots. I go to work on them and then I do my mobility sequence, which obviously would be different than yours, Joe, because of what you do with your body. What do you do when you get to the academy? Yeah, for me, I've um, I've never been big on like roller or ball stuff, um, and it's just I, I just it's personal preference, right? Sure. And I and you do what works for you. And the the tr- and I guess we have to acknowledge you got ten minutes. You don't have forty five minutes to warm up. So Correct. You really got to choose the things that are most relevant to you. Um, so yeah, for me at the moment, it's very much around my knee because obviously I'm, I'm 15 months post ACL Rico. So I'm warming up the knee. I'm getting my knee flexion because I've got to, you know, try and get as much range as I can there. And then I do, uh, my general warm up. So stretch my wrists a little bit, open up my shoulders, get my spine rotation. Cause I've usually been sitting at a desk all day. So I'll do a bit of sideline rotation, like spinal stuff, get the, get the spine nice and limber. And then like some Cossack squats, some hip flexor stretching as much as I can. And that stuff will then usually bleed into like the class for me. Like when the coach is taking you through a technique, I'll be sitting there stretching my hip flexors still 
while they're talking. I'm paying attention, but I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone. I, no, I totally agree. And I, I think this is actually a problem. I, I see it all the time, especially with my students, and I make them stand up. I make them move. Um, we do the warm-up, and everybody's good to go. And it's like, all right, everybody, sit still, and I'm going to show this technique. And then there's like two or three minutes where people are just sitting. Getting and, cold again. And cooling down and getting stiff. Especially in winter. Like in, in summer, it's not such a big deal. Everything's nice and warm, mm. especially if you're training in like the paradisical fucking areas of Rio or some shit where it's hot all the time. <laughs> yeah. But like here in, here in Sydney, down in Melbourne, like sure. it gets cold. So in winter, yeah, that like three or four minutes sitting there while the coach is telling you about the intricacies of whatever the fuck they're talking about that day, <laughs> that can really cool you down. Yeah, and that, that's a problem because we always sit cross-legged or hunched or in that jujitsu kind of holding our knees position. That's the one that people who can't sit cross-legged do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> For all of you out there really struggling and you just want to tighten your hip flexors up that little bit more, just sit with your knees to your chest and hug tight. This is a problem because what we've done is we've just undone all our good work. So what you're saying, Joe, about staying active, and it's not disrespectful, you're listening, uh, but just staying active with your body to make sure that when you go to do position, you're ready. For me, I am constantly trying to open up through my hip flexors and my glutes, always. Yeah. Um, and that is, I mean, if you if you know our program, the Bulletproof BJJ program, we give you warm-ups to do before class. But the idea is that as you go through this journey of learning all the different drills we teach you, is that you start to formulate your own idea of what works best for you. So you're like, you know, my hip flexors are pretty good, but that fucking Cossack squat, man, I'm super tight through the inner thigh. Mm. I need to do more of that. So that becomes your thing. Yes. And then you pick a couple of other things. The simple recommendation from us is pick two to three drills that work really well for you and do those for two to three sets before, before class. Yeah, definitely. So we got the body primed, maybe a, bit, a little bit of ab activation, a bit of glute activation. Like if you had the time, you might get a band out, do a bit of glute stuff. Like it really does come down to how much time do you have. But let's say you are putting some amount of time into prepping yourself pre-training. Now let's go to what we're doing after training. Post-trainer. And this is where you, you set yourself up for adequate recovery. And you got to think when you finish training, you've just come out of a really hectic uh, period of time where you're rolling. So all of your stress hormones are up. The nervous system is super excited. Uh, the body doesn't really recognize it. The body sees that as stress. Stress is not a bad thing, right? Uh, it's your mental, it's your sort of intellectual perception of whether the stress is good or bad. But the way that your physiology experiences stress is much the same, whether it's really high intensity training that where you're having a good time or um, you're about to lose your fucking house to the bank because you haven't been able to pay your mortgage back. So the body's in an excited slash stressed state. What do we do once the class ends? Well, what I generally recommend, and I, I usually gauge because I, I, I'm very fortunate in the sense that when I'm running a class, I have autonomy. So I actually enforce this on my students. I'll look around the room and I'll, I'll look at the class and I know how much time I've got left. I will usually stop them around short even though people want to stay and roll longer and all of that. So you're saying if the class ends at 7.30, you'll, put, you'll finish them at like 7.25. Yeah, about that. Even a little yep. bit uh, fraction earlier. Some people are going to stay back and roll. That's cool. That's their choice. But just from my own perspective, I know for me, because I just want to keep going, keep going, keep going. This is just my ego pushing me, pushing me when that's not actually in my best interest. What I've learned to do over time, and it takes a little bit of discipline and practice, guys. So see how you go with it is to finish around short and then start the wind down process. 
And that actually takes a fair bit for me because I'm very hype. I'm a hype individual. In case you didn't know. <laughs> just, just so you know. Um, speak your mind. Uh, and then start to relax that. And for me, usually, obviously, you want to talk to your coach because you obviously don't, you don't want your coach to be like, oh, you're being lazy. But it's not that. You're actually being proactive. I'm going to take a step back to lower my heart rate. I'm going to start the cool down process. And generally, I will start with my longer hold static stretches, um, active end range work, and then finish that off with a bit of breath work. And yourself, Joe? Yeah, look, I'm very much the same. And I think um, there's, there's, there's a kind of couple of, there's a couple of really, really key things that we're addressing when we do go through some kind of cool down process. One is you're, you're helping to reset your nervous system uh, back to a parasympathetic state. So you're, you're relaxing the nervous system. Uh, that's bringing the heart rate down. It's allowing you to start to shift away from the stress hormones. And it's going to set you up to be able to sleep well and eat and digest and all those things. Um, the other thing that's happening is that you are helping to unwind all of the tension that you've created during training. Um, a, a, an analogy that I'm sure everyone can attach themselves to, most of us know if you're a car owner, we're aware that if you just drive the car around the city, uh, repeatedly for many years on end. So let's just say short trips, you're never going above like 60, 70 kilometers per hour. I don't know what the fuck that is in miles for our American friends. Um, but you're never, you're never going particularly fast. It's short little trips all the time. Uh, Mechanic will always tell you that that's bad for your yes. car's health and that it's important that you get your car out onto the open road mm. and you get a nice long drive every now and again where you're really opening it up at a reasonable speed and just sitting it cruising for a good period because it helps to clear a bunch of shit out right filters get a good run everything gets a nice kind of flush there's a nice flush going on through the system jiu-jitsu is kind of the equivalent of just doing those short little trips all the time those little trips are you drilling the fuck out of your x-guard that night and tightening up your hip flexors or it might be um, you're training uh, guillotines that night and people have been throwing guillotines on you and your neck's getting cranked repeatedly if you just finish the session and go home, you still like your neck still wound up. Your hip flexors are still tightened up. So by you having that sort of 10 to 15 minute cool down piece that happens after training, you not only relax the nervous system, but you also start to unwind that tension. So you're resetting the body, much like taking the car out for a long drive on the highway. Yes, indeed. I, I entirely agree with that. Um, and, and, and the other thing on that too, guys, is that when you're full of adrenaline, like we, we've probably all done this where somebody might have like armbarred you or ankle locked you and you felt like a little crack or a pop and then you, you kind of wiggle the joint and you're like, ah, that's okay. It's because you're full of adrenaline. Like you're full of a huge stress hormone which is blocking your pain receptors. It's only once you cool down, you go, oh, ankle's a bit sore. Oh, I think, oh, it's swelling up. Oh, I can't move my elbow properly. Now, this is a circulation issue. So the other thing is too, you have just... Build your muscles full of lactate and waste products. The, the vascular return, so if we talk about all the blood going to your, uh, your muscles is arterial. So they're elastic. You know, we've got, like if you ever see a horror movie and there's an arterial bleed, like old samurai films, where they cut them like, and it's like spurting blood. You think it's ridiculous. Arterial bleeds are like that, for those of you who have not experienced them. Um, but your, your, your venous system, your veins, it, are just like concrete pipes with valves. They don't move. If you don't continue to move, 
the blood pools and stops and it takes ages for it to return. That's why lots of athletes you'll see doing recovery sessions. And if for any of you out there who are fans of Tour de France, you'll see guys who've been cycling for eight hours nonstop. When they get off the bike, what do they do? They go and get on another bike and keep turning their legs over because of the active recovery because they've actually got to clear out the waste products. And that's why it's essential that you don't just stop dead, lie on the mat, and have a chat with your mate. Yes, it's not to take out the social aspect, guys. I'm not saying you go sit in the corner and ignore your friends. Grab your friend. Let's go do some stretches. Yeah. Let's do the chat, but also maintain our bodies. Yeah, I, um, you know, we train at, I, I train at Alliance. Yes. You, you train I, over at Alliance I with do Adam. Too. Yep. And the, because JT and I are there and we're always stretching and we're always harping on about this shit, there's now this really cool culture of, yes people stretching after class. And what happens is that you got the majority of people finish training, go get into a wall lunge, stretching out the hip flexors, hanging out, having a chat. And it'll be like one or two individuals that just kind of slump into the corner and don't do anything. <laughs> and they've become the minority. And I, you know, I usually call them out and be like, bro, don't fucking sit there like a lump. Get up with them, <laughs> you know, stretch something. Like I know, unless your mobility is 100% perfect, which I know it's not, mm. then you have an obligation to do this. And- it's such a simple thing, but if you can do it, you still get to engage. You still get to talk about what the fuck Gordon Ryan posted on Instagram <laughs> that week. You still get to talk about Craig Jones. You know, <laughs> yeah, like sure. you can have that chat, mm. but you are also down-regulating and, and um, uh, resetting the body at the same time. Yeah, it's It really is. And, and I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I go, you know, maybe the last round you had was real hard and then you end up in a conversation talking about drilling, whatever. And I'll find myself sitting there and then I'm like, don't fucking sit here. Get yeah. the fuck up. Like you need to do this. And if I do it, my experience of like uh, going home and resting and waking up the next day and how I feel in the morning is completely different versus not spending that 10 minutes. Yeah. And I think we can flip the coin guys and say, okay, let's go the other way. How many times have you just fought so hard? You fought to the death. You and your partner are both like the round time it goes and you're both like, ah, oh, you're like can barely move. You're just lying on the mat. You can barely stand up. You fix your gi. Your coach gives some long-winded speech. You're so dehydrated. You're almost passing out standing there. You're so cooked. You can barely undress yourself. You slump in the car. You drive home. It's half an hour, 45 minutes. You go to get out of the car and you're like, oh, my God, my back, my hip, my neck, my neck and my back. I'm going to sue you off for $200,000. You can't get out of the car. You, you, you literally are like, I'm so banged up because you've cooled down in this crippled position that you've already stressed at class. I know that feeling. I have been that guy. But I don't want you guys to be that person and learn from the mistakes. You know, knock on wood, I haven't had any serious hip or back injuries since I was – like a purple belt. I've had some joint injuries from submissions, blah, 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 but I, I haven't had any injuries due to my own negligent behavior is what I would say. So, um, and, and again, this is a thing, right? You, you, you find out what you need. You have your little cool down process that you use at the end of training. And the, the main thing that I hear from people who do this, the guys that use our program, is that they feel different when they wake up in the morning. And I, I think like, we've spoken about it before. It's not like, everyone wakes up in the morning and feels fucking awesome. Yep. Yeah, you're going to be a little bit tight, a little bit tight, you're going to be a little bit stiff. Like that that comes with the territory of of training regularly, whether it's jiu-jitsu or weights or mobility. 
you are going to have that. But what you don't want to do, you don't want to wake up in pain and be like, oh, fuck, like, oh, man, my back, like, oh, I just, I, I can't really move it. Uh, I got to go stand in a hot shower for five minutes and then, you know, rub some fucking cream on it and then I can move around. It, that's, a, that's a bad sign, right? So by having that little process and going through at the end of training, you save yourself so much time, energy, discomfort in how you feel the next day uh, and also how you sleep. I, I, would, I, I know that when I sort of don't go through this process and I just go home and I, I, I'm like, fuck, I got to get up early in the morning. So I, I eat my dinner really quickly and I'm not fucking hungry because my nervous system's still jacked still, up and yep. appetite has been suppressed. And then I try and jump into bed. I'm like, got to get to sleep. So I got to get up early in the morning and I can't sleep. Yeah. And you, it's a classic grappler's thing. Yeah. The tired and wired. Yeah. Yeah. Your nervous system is still jacked. It's not going to let you sleep because it thinks you're still fighting wars <laughs> against fucking JT. In, in your mind you are. Oh my God. How did Joey pass my guard? Yeah. Well, he submitted me again. Yeah. Oh. I'm not a black belt. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> I'm not worthy. Um, so that's the thing guys. And we all have that, right? Like the classic meme of the person staring off into the distance, their partner looking <laughs> yeah. at them like, are they cheating on me? It's like, how do I pass the guard? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it kind of torments you in a way, right? Like we all get this obsession, but it's because we don't separate. And for a lot of you office folk out there, you probably get it too, where you know, you're still checking emails late at night, this kind of thing. We have to let go in order to set up the next day for success. So if you want to come back the next day and roll well, do not borrow from tomorrow. There's got to be a point at which you cut off. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's a well-used one that I've used with a lot of my people. And I think you guys, you can stick to it, you know. Rhymes, they're both verbs. Shake and bake, baby. Um, so here's the deal. I would like uh, Joe to speak on this because you've, you've spoken on this before as a, a common BJJ problem, Joe, is the breathing and, and the idea of breath work and what that does to really help us finish things off nicely. Yeah, so breathing is a huge one. Uh, you know, you don't have to look too deep to understand that breathing is is kind of one of these um, secret powers that as humans we, we have available to us. In the modern world, most of us don't breathe particularly well. So we've got to acknowledge that to start off with, our breathing is likely suboptimal, right? It's because we live busy, stressed lives, over-caffeinated, underslept, over-trained, all these things that, that the modern life does to us. Um, you add jiu-jitsu training into that, your breathing when you're training jits is is going to be of an intensity that is not conducive to relaxation, right? Obviously, you're often fighting for your life or fighting for the submission. So your breathing patterns are really appropriate to that situation. When we finish training, we now want to change our breath patterns because we're trying to relax. We're trying to down-regulate the nervous system. So the breathing is a really simple way to do that. And one of the easiest techniques that you can use, and we talk about this uh, with all of our cool-down work, is to go as much through the nose as you can. Now, for a lot of people, breathing in and out through the nose post-training is a little bit too challenging. So something that you can do, then you can start this right away, is to breathe in through the nose, but out through the, the mouth. mouth. Yep. This enables you to, to get the benefits of nasal breathing, but you also don't necessarily have that feeling of restriction where like you can't get enough air in. And let's be clear, if you're trying to adopt this, if you're like, Joey said, I got to do the nasal breathing and you finish training and you're doing nasal breathing and you actually feel like you're Can dying, yeah, then don't fucking do it. Breathe through, yeah. like getting the air in is more important. But the idea is, is that we're starting to use the nose to breathe. That sends a signal to our nervous system to downregulate, starts to calm the body, and it starts to bring us into this place where we can digest, recover, 
sleep be better for the next day. Indeed. And also for, for those of you out there who already do um, some yoga practice or some meditation practice and you've got an approach that you use for your breathing, that's cool. Uh, we don't want to overcomplicate this. Um, like we're not going to tell you to tape your mouth and only breathe through your nose. For all I you. do that sometimes <laughs> Well, and to sleep. It's interesting. I'm not sold on it personally, but I, I, I enjoy fucking around with it. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not bagging that either, but I'm saying- No, but it's like, a bit extreme. It is a bit extreme. Yeah. And, and this is what I'd say that like when you have somebody sitting on your chest and they're trying to choke you, your respiratory muscles are going mental because not only do you have compression of your rib cage, but you're also getting choked. And this can do a whole lot of things to really mess with your nervous system. And really it's got you fight or flight super hard. And, 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 and I guess speaking to your point, Joe, we're trying to get us back to that, that get out of the sympathetic nervous system, get us back to the parasympathetic and just slowing it down, digestion, all these things. And also your prefrontal lobes, bringing your attention back to what you just learned so you can actually reflect on it and absorb the information. And one of the best things you can do is breathe in through your diaphragm. So not the diaphragmatic breathing is particularly complicated, but if you put your hand on it across your belly button and as you breathe in, you expand through there. And then when you breathe out, you allow your belly button to relax in. This is a really good way to actually regain control of your breathing without making it too complicated. And this is also going to just help you get back to a state of not fighting to the death. Yeah, I think um, we can do a video on this because it'd be good to show folks just some really simple techniques around it. If you had the time, it w it's, it's, it's great to literally lie there for just a couple of minutes on your back, close your eyes, hands on the belly like JT described and breathe. Um, if you don't, if you're like, man, I don't have time to do that and stretch, do them together. So get into your stretch, breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, hold it for a couple of minutes, do a couple of different stretches, do it maybe one or two sets. And um, you're going to be putting like your best, not your best foot, but you're going to be making a really big impact on, on your ability to recover. It's, it's simple stuff, but it goes such a long way. And look, coming from a traditional martial arts background of doing Taekwondo for like 15 years, we just did so much stretching, you know, and, 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 and flexibility in and of itself is a movement skill. In the same way, strength is a movement skill that you practice. It has to be a regular practice. And I definitely would say that having had a background of regular stretching and having a warm-up routine helped me and gave me an advantage over other people who are better at jiu-jitsu. And also it's meant that when I, someone forces my leg into a bad spot, I'm not tweaking my groin. You know, I, I feel good there. I feel comfortable there. My circulation is better. And even to this day, I, I, I still, I don't practice my splits that hard. My middle and front split is pretty decent. It's not, I'm not going to talk it up like it's not Van Dam level, but it's okay. To this day. To this day. It's very but, cool. All right, guys. Well, I think that really, that does put a pin in it because there's a lot more we can go into and we will go into, but uh, we, can, we can call it there and comfortably say that if you are putting these things into practice, hydration, being prepared, having your warm-up routine, also keeping in mind a bit of a five-minute allowance to have your cool down, you're going to have a much better experience post-jujitsu, which is going to lead you into the next day, which is going to be a better day, less sore, better mover so you can do your jiu-jitsu again and get that consistency of training to actually have improved jiu-jitsu awesome 
All right, my friend. Thank you very much, Joey. Appreciate you. Thank you, my bro. And now if you guys want to reach out to us or find us in any way, you can find us on Instagram at Bulletproof for BJJ and the website, Joe? Bulletproof for BJJ.com. Um, just a note, if you do want to try our program, there's a one-week free trial. It's at Bulletproof for BJJ.com. Uh, chuck in the code Bulletproof10 and you'll get yourself 10% off the program. Uh, it's been very cool, actually. I've had a few people reach out since we started the podcast. Uh, th- they found us through the podcast. Someone shared it with them. Nice. They've signed up to the program. They're like, man, I'm fucking loving this. I'm feeling way better through the hips. My lower back pain's gone and I'm, I'm enjoying being at the gym and just not having to think about what I'm doing, just following what you guys say. Um, so that it's shout out to those people who have, who have come to the program through the podcast. If you like the podcast, um, something that you guys could do, a big favor for us would be just to share it with someone who you think would benefit from listening to it. So you could take a screenshot of it, post it on your Instagram, send it to them, whatever. Tag us if you do post it. We'll make sure to reshare. And uh, thank you for your support. We appreciate you guys. Good guys. Thank you. Peace.